Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and my job is to help you deepen your connections, increase your sales, and serve your audiences better. Every Monday morning, I send out a storytelling tip to my email subscribers, and I talk about how I have used it in my own storytelling for my clients and for myself, and I leave you with tangible advice on how you can apply it to your strategies. If this sounds like something that would interest you, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter at rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. Again, that's rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. This podcast is a Six Second Stories production. Six Second Stories is a video marketing agency that helps you tell heartfelt stories to maximize your impact in minimal time. Find out more about what we do at SixSecondStories.com. What's up, Storyteller? Welcome back to the Storytelling Lab. This is episode 88. You have been part of this journey. We are getting closer to episode 100. I cannot wait. Over the past few weeks on the show, we've been talking about different aspects of how to use stories and storytelling to craft the life that you want to live, specifically by speaking about how we turn our stories into a business, how we make money using our stories, how we make our livelihoods, how we either start a brand, start a business, get a job, sell to clients, how do we use this to make the lives that we want to live and be able to, to, to create 
a business, create a livelihood from it. Now, one of the ways that we are doing that is by the online course, my first online course that is in pre-order available now. We are launching on May 3rd. There's a couple weeks left. It is available for $99 right now, the pre-order price. And then on May 3rd, it goes up to $149. And the whole concept of this course is how to uncover your unique story to launch your personal brand. Now, that personal brand may still be at the center, at the core of the business that you're creating, but that personal brand is what you need to establish so that you can have these extensions off of it. Like how when I started forming my personal brand, it allowed me to be Rain Bennett, the writer, the filmmaker, the course instructor, the keynote speaker, and do many, many other things based off of having that core belief and that narrative thread woven through all my materials. Now, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't uncover my unique story that set me apart from anybody else in the storytelling space. So this is one way that you can create a business and a brand out of your own story. Sign up for the course. Right now, it's available for pre-order $99. However, today's guest came on the show to talk about another way of making money and finding the job that you want, your dream job, through storytelling. Today's guest is Carrie Twig, the author of The Career Stories Method, 11 Steps to Finding Your Ideal Career and Discover Your Awesome Self in the Process. Doesn't that sound like it's aligned with our goals here on the show? I mean, that that is perfect. The difference is she's a career and job search strategist. She's a career coach and job search strategist. That means she teaches you how to make better resumes, how to make better cover letters, how to perform and use your story in your interviews. This, I think, is the first time we've had somebody come at storytelling from this angle specifically. A lot of us, a lot of the people in the show, myself included, talk about how to sell your products or don't, you know, get people to donate to your causes or build your communities or launch your personal brand or, you know, or your business ba- based off of your origin story, your unique story, your founder story, your signature story. But this is specifically how to get your dream job. Not everybody wants to have a personal brand or wants to be an entrepreneur. Hey folks, it's not easy. I've been doing it for 15 years being self-employed or owning my own business, and it is not for everybody. My wife, for example, much, much prefers the safety and security of having her own job and working for someone else and being part of a team. Different things, different strokes for different folks, as they say. So if you're one of those who wants to find a job where you can grow and prosper and have a 401k, for goodness sake, Carrie is going to help you use your story to find that job and secure that job. And if you just check out her her uh, her LinkedIn post, if you checked out her if you check out her YouTube videos, they're very simple, actionable steps that you can take immediately to see immediate results on your resume, on your interviewing style. I I can't say that enough that it's not this big fluffy high level theory stuff. It's actionable tips and techniques that you can put into place immediately. Now, here's the part I wasn't prepared for with Carrie. And I should have been because I, I I know enough of her online persona to know what she's into, but I didn't see so clearly how her mindfulness and meditation practice overlapped and intertwined and intersected with her career stories method. I mean, 
maybe I'm naive to even say that because I, I do know that those sides of ourselves are all interconnected. It's all us. You don't have your physical side and your mental side and your spiritual side. They're all you, right? But the thing is how it ties back into your dream job and finding your dream career is if you aren't in tap with your, your own mind and your own self and understanding what values you have and what you value and what you seek in the world and what mission or purpose you're trying to carry out, then you're never going to find your dream job. You're not going to be able to just use any story to find your dream job unless you are tapped into that part of yourself that is content with yourself and understands yourself and understands what, what impact you're trying to create in the world. So they do go hand in hand completely. And I love that we veered to talk about that because it's not just, it's not just understanding marketing strategy and understanding how analytics work and understanding how social media performs and algorithms. It's not all that. It's being connected to who you are. So if you're using storytelling to enhance your resume or do better in a job interview, or you're using it to launch your personal brand, you still have to be aligned with who you are as a person in the direction you want to go. I was thrilled to have this conversation. She is a delight to talk to, knows her stuff. As always, I mean, if you're a regular to the show, you know I always tend to get emotional. This stuff, I love it. I know it sounds so cheesy, but I don't care. But, you know, we were, we were, we got deep. We got deep, and I felt... You know, I even learned some some meditative practices. That's something that I try to do, and I'm about half of the days of the week I can accomplish it. But I need to get better in my practice because I understand it's about consistency. I just suck at it right now. But in our conversation, in my conversation with Carrie, like it almost felt like a meditative practice after we were done. I left that conversation feeling euphoric, like feeling I immediately tweeted about how, how awesome she was. Um, but I learned a lot from this episode and I think that you will too. So I'm going to stop talking. This is my conversation with Carrie Twig about storytelling and her career stories method. I hope you love it. Let me know if, if you agree with this. I feel like you know, maybe society has led us to believe that those things are mutually exclusive for too long, right? And that probably someone like you, maybe this is what you what you find yourself doing a lot, helps people realize how to marry those two things that you can follow your dream and be practical. Yes. And how do we do that? Is it have a day job? Is it, you know, understanding cash flow and how to project or I don't know, you know, but I just feel like the narrative uh, for so long has been like, you either have people who are just like, just go for your dreams with no plan or like, no, no, that's let's, let's get a job that pays the bills. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I marry them, uh, yeah. together. I think it's, I think the thing that hurts people is like that they want it right now. Yeah. Oh. So if they didn't like, if they hadn't lost their job <laughs> and if they hadn't spent like the last year, you know, being a moron, then like then they wouldn't be in a tight spot mm -hmm. but if you can give yourself like three to five years and I'm like then you can make more money doing your dreams if you can you know like be you know manage it that's yeah. tough for people right why 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 do we struggle with that notion this it's like this instant gratification or just the thought of like hey okay this is going to take about five years yeah you know I'm so I'm a filmmaker Okay. And I'm on a documentary right now that we're entering the fourth or maybe fifth year. And, and I find myself again, like, oh, 
like wishing this could have been done already. And then yeah. when I pause, I think this is literally the same process as the last one. It took this long. This is the process. This is the process. Yeah. So, but if I started it and they were like, okay, you know, whoever they is, yeah. uh, was like, okay, this is going to be five years before you release this film. You know, are you sure you want to do it? Yeah. I'd probably be like, mm, let me think of something else that I, I would want to do. But I followed my heart. I want to tell this story. The story has gotten better. Yeah. You know, if I released this in 2018, it would have been nowhere near as good of, of a film. But if you'd asked me when we started 2017, was I prepared for five years? I would have said no. Is is that yeah. common in your, in your experience? And if and if so, why do we why why do we struggle so much with that? Oh, I don't know if we know why we. Oh, I think that we. I think we hear instant stories, and we we're ready for that success. It's mm -hmm. the same thing, like with my book. I'm like, if I had written this five years ago, I would be embarrassed. Like, <laughs> it probably wouldn't sell, how, how, and I would have been embarrassed of what I put. How long did it did it take you? Well, it only like I think it took like I started writing it for serious November two thousand nineteen. Okay, like not long, right? Like it took like a year to write. Yeah, but it I think it took doing this work for eight years. Yeah, that part <laughs> to talk of like to talk about it with a level of like expertise and not questioning mm -hmm. the advice I was giving. I just finished um, the very first draft, like no one's seen it but myself of mine, but I like I started in the beginning of 2019, totally naively thinking like, oh, a couple months, yeah. I'll have this you know, done. Here we are two years later. However, just like you just said, I'd be embarrassed. I'd be totally embarrassed because the, the, the things that I've learned in just two years. Yeah. So it, it tends to when I can pause and think about those things, it, it calms me down and makes me real, realize that like patience is, is really going to help you in this. It's yeah. going to, to get better. And any yeah. mentor that I trust and look up, look up to has, you know, has, has said similar, you know, similar notions. Yeah. So, yeah. so. And maybe ahead. it's what you're, maybe it's what you're going after. Like for mm -hmm. me, the worst thing that could happen is someone thinks I'm stupid. Like in my head, like, like in my head, I'm like, no one can read this book and say, well, she's really dumb. Because yeah. that's my greatest fear is like, being called dumb, right? Yeah. I don't like that feeling. So by putting in the effort, like, and, and the time and, you know, having an editor and all of that, I know, like, someone's not going to like it. And that's fine. But like, I don't no, think anyone's going to be like, this is the stupidest woman on earth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can, can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Uh, sort of personal. I mean, uh, what do you think led to that feeling? Because I share that. I share that. I mean, I think we all do, right? Imposter syndrome, the, you know, the more we talk about it, the more we realize so many people have those voices in our heads. But I have that too. Um, when I think about the people in our storytelling space that, you know, that we share, and I look up to so many of them and, you know, knowing my path here, I often have that conversation with myself was like oh I hope I don't show up you know dumb whatever word you want to whatever negative word you want to put on it but I can kind of trace it back to where I come from you know and I just grew up in a whatever narrative I told myself but do, do you know where that's the you know, hating that feeling came from can you trace it back oh yeah like to nice. like writing a story I wrote a story when I was about seven years old about how much I love my mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I like illustrated it. 
And my brother looked at it and he was like two years older, but like a really good drawer, right? Like he could really yeah. draw. And he looked at my book and he's like, girls can't draw. This is stupid. And like, I had put my like little seven-year-old heart into oh this my gosh. book and I didn't even give it to my mom. Like I was just like, well, this is like, I can't make stuff. So I think that like putting your heart in and then someone being like, you can't do it. Like, my brother's dumb. Why <laughs> not be dumb? <laughs> just like, I love him, but he didn't know anything. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but we put so much value yeah. in their opinions. Yeah. And from there, I can even trace it like in school of like raising my hand and being told I was wrong and other people laughing and just crying. <sighs> the worst. Right. And so be, like, that was the, the worst feeling. Ooh. And I don't, I want to write a book and be told and have that feeling. Mm. That opens up a lot uh, yeah. for me thinking about that because <laughs> I hear this, I don't know if what book or podcast I was listening to, but this is a common conversation that comes up about creativity and how it's suppressed. Uh, it might be Brene Brown stuff or someone, you know, who speaks yeah. in that, in that space. I think it was uh, her. Most of my quotes come from Brene Brown. Uh, um but it was just about how like when you're younger, you're drawing or, or making art just for the fun of it. Right. And then there comes a point, I don't know if it's third grade, fourth grade, you know, nine, 10, 11, where you, that starts to be judged or like people who are really good at drawing horses emerge and they, you know what I mean? Or, or you have to start, you start being graded on coloring inside the lines, these sorts of things. Yeah, It's like, that's not creativity. That's industrialism. That's like, you know what I mean? That's, that's structure that's not necessary but we start doing that in in the institution of of school and that that's the effect what you just described is the effect on kids because now they're just told like oh you won't be able to draw it's like well what if i'm abstract an abstract artist like but you tell them that story and they believe that story for a long time perhaps forever yeah I had a very similar story. I, I literally almost teared up when you were telling that story because I had a similar one that wasn't as in the moment as as a dagger to the heart as yours was. But I didn't write for 20 or 30 years after that. I was I used to write these like horror stories. They were always about mad scientists and killing and things. And and uh, I mean, but I, I don't think that 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 was a bad thing. I was a, whatever reason I was attracted to that. And my second grade teacher, my mom had a had a little like, a, what do you call it? Um, I don't know, just a conference with me. Um, as, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, intervention. Yeah. <laughs> they had an intervention and sat me down. I was like, why don't you write a, a nice, sweet story? And the oh. next story I wrote was The Boy Who Loves Snow. And it was terrible, Carrie. Oh, and I didn't write it. <laughs> exactly. It was so gross. I was writing about bad scientists and monsters. And I didn't write again for the longest time. Um, but uh, I, I, I look at that funny now. But but the point remains that people you know, do that. And it really creates this false narrative in our, in our heads completely. Yeah. This is a great pivot point because I assume that you help people probably through that a lot. Is that fair to say? So let's That's talk fair. about yeah. that a little bit. So let's take that, you know, seven-year-old, which I was seven too when that happened. Yeah. And fast forward to 27 or 22 when they're trying to, to design their careers and they're struggling with something like that. So I'm so interested in how you got to this because we have a lot of different storytellers on the show from different backgrounds that use storytelling in different ways. 
And I think this is the first time we've had someone who's a career coach. I'm very, very interested because the more I've done this, the more I realize that the our internal stories dictate so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much. So um how do you find yourself helping people the most? Boy. Um so if I kind of go, there's three, there's three stories. I don't think like that this is new, but there's three important stories, like particular for career transition. So one is the first, what we're talking about is the story you tell yourself. Mm -hmm. If that story is weak, if it's a story of like, you can't go for things, <laughs> that story, um, you're going to be limit and you're also not going to go for big, cool things. Um, so I help people figure out like, what story you're telling yourself? Or are you holding yourself back? Like, are you loving yourself? Cause you have, like, if you're going for your dreams, you have to feel good about it. Um, I help people then figure out the story that they're going to tell other people. So the story that we tell ourselves, we don't have to tell other people, right? Like I'm open-hearted with you. I'm like, oh, this sad story. Like <laughs> when I'm seven years old, am I going to share that story to like get people to hire me as a career coach? Probably not. Probably. Right. Because they don't, they don't care about that story. So, um, being, you know, telling like knowing the story I tell myself is where I start and then what am I going to tell other people and then getting really wise about the story that other people are telling themselves so that you know where your story can meet them right because it's not a silo right so again if I'm telling this fantastic story about like a resume and the person I'm speaking to are like resumes aren't needed no matter what I say <laughs> it doesn't matter right so I have to I have to know where where my story goes in and I think you can only do that with the confidence of like the story that you tell yourself. How did you, what was the path that, that led you to, to what you do now? Um, so I was like a theater person forever. Right. Like I say, you weren't years, an artist. You it were, might've been like 20 years. Yeah. Well, like I've already established that you that you weren't yeah. a, an artist. I was an artist. Yeah. So uh, although the last like arts job I had where I was crying about money, which is like the reason I got into this work was teaching art of all places. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, be, uh, but mostly I was a drama teacher. So mm. I helped. And even as a drama teacher, I wouldn't say I was training actors. I was training people how to like, how to love themselves and how to carry themselves and be true on stage. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Often with little kids, like, mm. <laughs> like the, you know, like the, because like even, but it's interesting, even with a seven-year-old, I would be, we'd be making up a story. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, we're going to play, um, we're going to build a pirate ship out of mine boxes. Um, and you can play any character. And even then a child would often doubt like a character that they wanted to, and they'd be like, well, I'll be Spider-Man on the ship. And I'm like, wow. okay, sure. You can be Spider-Man. And then some brave kid would be like, like, I want to be like the, the drawer, but also I want to sweep the deck. And I was like, perfect, you do that, right? <laughs> and so we would act out whole dramas um, and, and, and the child who had played Spider-Man would start to kind of go, well, maybe Spider-Man kind of likes like also drawing maps, right? And so would, would pick up pieces to play around with what they actually thought was awesome. Um, so that's what I did for a long time was I'm very good at playing pretend that's awesome and helping people to find their awesome, but even being like the top in the city at doing that kind of work still made Zilcho money. 
sure. right? Like I had a master's in education, didn't matter, mm. made no money. So I had to figure out, did I really love the arts or was there something else that I loved to do where I could make money? And like, I saw people in suits walking around that I was like, I know I'm smarter than them. I know I'm more creative than them. I know I, I have this. art. Like, how come they're making all this money and I'm like playing pretend and changing lives, but like nothing. Yeah. And that's the value. Like you had to know that it sounds like you were starting to shift the story in your head. You, you, you just said that I knew, you know, I was changing lives. Yeah. That's a value. And if you can do it for a child, you can do it for other people because that's the skills, the skill set. Yeah. And I remember teaching an adult film acting class mm -hmm. and I had one student come and we had, we were in like week seven of the class. And he's like, Carrie, I just got a promotion at work. I was like, cool. And he's like, and I think it's because of this class. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I never carried myself in the way that I carry myself. I speak more clearly now. Yeah. And my bosses kind of said the way that I've been carrying myself, the way I'm speaking up, like how I know, you know, my effect on people, it's all from this class. And I was like, okay. It's like, so it started, it started to click like, yeah. oh, I could help business people. Was um, was there like a moment where, where that, cause that's still a leap. Yeah. But I love how that just connected. That's very, very cool. But was, do you, was there a moment and you're like a career coach? <laughs> well, no, like, no. So what I did is, and you'll know this cause from documentaries, but what I did was like, okay, I have to change the story. And the only mm. way I know how to, like when you're stuck in a story and, and you don't know what to do with it is you just write the scenes out on index cards. Do you do that? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you rearrange them and you're like, oh no, <sighs> this is the missing part. So I was like, just do that with your career. So I started writing out moments, like one story, a card of moments that I felt amazing at work and moments where I had made a difference. Lovely. Right. So I had a story about like helping these kids at this um, like art workshop, find this lost dog and about, you know, um, yeah, working with children. They, they just had like one of their peers uh, commit suicide mm. and they had and but also like commit suicide. But they also had like started this bin on fire um, and they had a presentation about this fire. Um, and they were totally bored. And I came in and did a drama where we acted out <laughs> like that they set a fire and then got arrested and two kids died and we did this big drama. Like, so I pinpointed the moments of like when I felt amazing at work. And when I looked at them all, I went, what's the narrative here? It's like, well, you love to create programs. You really love to help people and you really love to be in the muck of it. Like if people are more lost, <laughs> like the worst off they are, you love like being alongside them, not like I'm the hero, but like we can get through this, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, where could I do that in business? And the easiest one was HR. So I just started to do like an HR certificate mm -hmm. on the side. Um, and then when I halfway through the HR certificate, a job came up to do to be a career transition coach at an HR firm, just for people um, like doing outplacement. Do you know what outplacement is? Uh, I can do, I can use context clues, but define it for me. Yeah. So a company would call and they'd be like, we're going to let Peter go at two o'clock. Um, so I would show up at one 30, mm -hmm. coach the manager, okay. how to deliver the news. Yes. He would let Peter go and then say like, today's your last day. 
you're going to be escorted out of the building. We've hired a career transition coach, Carrie, mm -hmm. she's going to come in and I would be the first person they met right after the experience job loss. Got it. Got it. Dream job for me. Right. I'm like helping people. I'm in the muck. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm right there at the moment. <laughs> right. And then I got to like build coaching programs. So I got trained in this job to like how to be a career coach. So it wasn't ever like that was my goal. I just knew I wanted to work in HR. And then I like I found this. And then I got trained by like the best executive coaches in the city on like how to do it. And then when I felt like some of the things that they were doing were a bit boring. Mm -hmm. um, then I started to bring like storytelling and I started to bring drama. <laughs> and I started to, I was to like, it. I, yeah. And meditation, like I brought all those pieces and went, this is a better program. And that didn't fit. That didn't fit in that context right. like, of the corporate HR firm mm -hmm. where someone buys a, you know, four session <laughs> workshop. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I just built my reputation, like, because I spoke with hundreds of HR people um, giving them updates about the people they had let go because I coached them. They all knew me and my style. And so when I left that firm, I think an HR director called me and was like, can you help my husband? And I was like, sure. She's like, could you meet him in a bar? And I was like, yeah, careers and beers, easy. <laughs> right? and, like, and that's what it was first. It was just like a bunch of husbands uh -huh. who I would meet at the bar and give them career advice and they'd get like director level marketing jobs and like and i became known as this like you know she's a coach but she's not a co she's not coachy you know she's not coachy oh i like yeah. that i i'm gonna struggle really hard not to title this episode careers and beers that right. <laughs> is awesome oh my goodness i love that so so when you started doing i mean first of all how did that feel when like the first couple ones started being successful and you started doing that like you know, we can track it back to how you felt when you're like, Oh, I love what I do, but I'm not making any money. And then it's got to kind of even get maybe not darker, but a little harder to like, now you got to pull everything apart. Although you like being in the muck and figure out how to make money and make a career. Cause this isn't working. So that's a struggle. And now it's starting to work. That had to be thrilling. Yeah. Like, and it kind of like, I wish there was like a moment in mm -hmm. like, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, like the yeah. Eureka. But I think it was like, I had that three years at the HR firm. Mm -hmm. I got so used to people landing. I found the value, they, like they kept on saying, you see, you seem out of place here is what my clients would say. They're like, cause everyone else is like in pencil skirts and I was wearing a pencil skirt, but they're like, you don't seem like yeah. you fit here. Um, yeah. So I think it felt like, when I left the firm, I actually left to do a government, like I left to do this government job and kind of get back to community stuff. Cause I was like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be a career coach. Um, but that's when that HR director called. So maybe like, that feels like the start of the story, right? Yeah. Like, like when you, when you started out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the wild thing was like, he landed and then two or three of his call friends called. Yeah. And then other people heard and they called and it, it happened so quickly and just has brought me to where I am now, where I've never, like most people who start a business, they have to like try and find clients or like mm -hmm. figure out yeah. like what their strategic advantage is. Like I just have always, people always wanted to work with me. 
but it's so cool because you did what literally what you help people do you designed and crafted your career path yeah I mean, which is i suppose how we all should be if we're going to going to do something is to have experienced it and really you know really done it but that's just very cool to see it doesn't often happen that way you know a lot of times people just fall into a business they don't they don't know why you know but that's very cool so we so besides the story that people tell themselves which we've already talked about and you were helping these kids understand which i love that parallel that you were helping kids understand like no you can be that character you know <laughs> like and and kind of combat those voices in our heads what are some of the other typical struggles that you see your clients go through when trying to craft or create their career path rather um like in terms of what they're thinking of their heads or about like next could, steps to take could be but i mean it seems pretty clear that a common problem is the story that we're telling ourselves that we have to like yeah. defeat that too. What's, what are other ones that pop up like all the time that you're like, people just, when, when trying to design their career path, people struggle with this often. Yeah. So um, often not able to like move, move past the sector or the box they've been in. Ah, good one. Yeah. Right. So they're yeah. just like, I am, <laughs> I am accountant. Yeah. Uh, I talked to a guy the other day, he's an accountant, but he like, he can pick up languages. He can pick up languages in like weeks and he's mm -hmm. an accountant and he's like, so, you know, maybe there's a way this could work. And I'm like, you could be anything, right? right? right. Like, let's find out what your super skills are and you can do anything. So I think it's like, and, and being even, even just being scared to mm -hmm. like imagine themselves outside of whatever they've been doing right like just like i've That's always scary. done this i know this people know me i'm not going to make money at the other things so i think like those sorts of things yeah. um and then the next is just a real belief that if they don't show up as perfect and if their resume doesn't sound corporate-y or if they're mm -hmm. not wearing a suit that they're not going to um land anything like a lot mm -hmm. of people think that they can't be themselves and i'm like the thing that's holding you back is is you tr you trying to be this whatever version. Well, that's another thing that it's like you you seem to have helped people do your you know your whole career and whole life is is use yourself. You know, you said that with with the kids. It's like it's not that you were teaching them acting. You said you know yeah. you were teaching them confidence social skills how to be comfortable in their own skin and 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 when you're able to do that then i think it allows you to see opportunities where where you can you know take that but that's yeah. a good point i can definitely see people like you know no i'm a social worker or i work you know i work in nonprofits or i do this and you know you you've kind of done that too you've worked in the arts you've worked in government you know now here you are owning your own business what is you said something about helping them find the, their super skills. Is that like yeah. a, a step in, in your process? I'd like to learn a little bit more about your, the career stories method. And like, yeah. I'm sure you'd cater it a little bit to each person, but I'm sure you also have a structure that, you know, you yeah. start with what's the process. If I came to you, okay, I'm a documentary filmmaker. It sucks having to come up with projects and have a roller coaster. I want some security. I need help with my career here. <laughs> Yeah. So I would tell you, hey, take like a couple minutes today, find a quiet space, light a candle if you want to, and just go back to a moment when you're happiest at work. Mm. Like, do you, can you think of one? Yeah. Like a moment when you were like, 
at work and you fell. Okay, tell me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, just, love this. I would tell you to write it well, down, but tell me. Yeah, there's a, I love this process. I go through this this myself too because I have so many interests. And in yeah. business, it's I struggle sometimes of you know chasing one thing or another instead of trying to find alignment. And so when I yeah. assess these things, I absolutely love being on set. I, I literally my Instagram post today was about that was about just the you know the feeling that I get. I also love being on stage. Yeah. Can um, you tell me? Can you tell me on set? Yes. Like a moment. Like oh. which set? What were you doing? <clears throat> I'd have to say, um, part of it comes from leading a collaborative crew. Okay. And so when we finish a day, you know, the, the last short film that I had, we, we finished filming it 2019 this year or 2020, it did its festival run, which is weird because there were no live festivals. Right. Yeah. It sucked. Oh. <laughs> It won some awards. It got into all these festivals and I couldn't go to any of them. It was heartbreaking. Um, But like just achieving something difficult at the long, at the long, you know, the end of a long day when everybody's exhausted, but you like nailed a shot and it looked gorgeous. Mm. And there's a couple of those moments that, that we had where, because this was super low budget, but many people were working for free. And so those are the moments that you live for. Um because you're all there for the artistic, you know, reason. And so when you achieve that, the 14 hours you've been, you know, working that day is worth it. So I remember those and being the one who wrote the piece and came up with the piece. And then we had this whole group, you know, there to, to uh, realize that vision. And then just the high fives and, and, you know, hugs afterwards, like that moment, that moment of connectedness. Yeah. Beautiful. So what I would say is like beautiful story for today. Like find, find one specific moment. And when I'm, and I'm not like, yeah, general. Cause when you're like, I'm I like being on stage, I like being on set. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, these are all stories you already know. Right. So if you're going to re if you're going to think about what your story is and you want a different outcome than what you already know, you got to go a bit deeper. deeper mm-hmm. Right. Because I would be like, Oh, I love my happiest moments when I'm teaching children. Actually, children and teaching have very little to do with what makes me happy, right? But I was like, oh, no, it's the moment when I help someone to see themselves. And it sounds like for you, it's like the moment of vision comes true or the mm. mission or the, or the way that you can get buy-in on an idea and other people are all like, and there's a payoff, right? Yeah. So it's the specific. You're and 100% then, right about that. And then tomorrow, I would say, do it again light a candle go okay what was the moment that brought me great joy <laughs> my heart like where it didn't feel like work and do it for seven to ten days and one moment today like just writing out those stories and not trying to like think of the answer get to the conclusion or wonder how this is marketable just like trust the process of like yeah. what feels good in my skin right so you literally are using you know or encouraging your clients to to, I mean, you're using storytelling in this, in this process. You're not just like, oh, yeah. this is going to be your story that you tell people, but you're no. using storytelling as the process. Yeah. Very and cool. then after seven to 10 days, you look at all those cards and I say index cards because then, then look at each story and go, what skill or strength did I use here? Mm. Right. So, and they might just be like, oh, it's collaborating or for me and, and try and use your own words. Like my, in the muck, 
Like no, no one else uses that. No, but I, but I knew exactly what you meant, you yeah. know, that, that, that connected very quickly. Yeah. Right. So trying not to use like industry words, but trying to use your own words of what, what you describe. Good point. Here we are again, being our authentic selves. Yeah. Right. right? So um, each story, write down whatever skills you see. And maybe it's three, maybe it's 20, but for each story, write those out, mm-hmm. then lay them out. I do it on a bed. I had all those skills, like with the skill side up and go, which skill keeps coming up over and over again. Mm. When I'm doing my best work, when I'm happiest, what am I doing? And you'll then choose like the ones that, that come up and that can become your, your career narrative that you tell, like I am happiest at work when I'm doing skill one, skill two, skill three. And, and then, so uh, I suppose the, the next step would be to try to find jobs that would allow you to do those three things well then yeah well the next step is or am i skipping a step you're skipping because okay. the next step is then to love yourself so put yeah, in some practice because having that narrative and then going for the dream is going to take if you don't have some kind of practice of loving yourself then you're going to quickly go for maybe the wrong thing not think about it deeply enough <laughs> like go through like self-love you're not you know, maybe you'll take something because you want the experience, but it's a lower salary and you get bitter about it. So then it's self-love. Then it's a bit of um, reflection on how like the, the three, I think, are the most important values to explore related to a career, which is your money um, how much money you need to make, your status um, in a company, and then like how you want to report. I kind of kind of want to report to people. And then your, your personal values. Then from there, you figure out like, who are my ideal people in my environment? Mm-hmm. And then you make a list of 10 things that you could possibly do. Go check them out, choose one, and then go for it. Mm. But most people, yeah, just want to be like, I have my story. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, you know what I see? Right? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, what I see with your your story I mean, you, you live everything that you, that you teach and preach. Um, and so this mindfulness keeps coming up. I know it's very important to you. We've kind of already talked about meditation or at least touched on it briefly, the lighting, the candle aspect, the trusting the process and making it a process versus, but you're hundred percent right. And I'm the type of person that would have, all right, cool. Got my story down. Let's go find a job that fits it. And, yeah. and it's this thing, you know, you very quickly right now, just pause <laughs> love yourself and i was like okay yeah i would love yeah (laughs) right 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 (laughs) okay so i have a question uh i want to this isn't storytelling necessarily but i bet you can find a way to weave it in but i'm also interested because it's all tied together let's talk about the meditation a little bit or that mindfulness as, as you put it yeah it's clear that that's important to you but these themes, even when we're talking about craft or designing our career and we're talking about storytelling, they still emerge. It's still the same thing that that meditation and mindfulness brings us. Um, let's just talk about a little bit like the important. What do you laugh? <laughs> yeah. So mindfulness, like, I guess for me, I'm like, at first when I started the business, I thought it was hey, I'm going to help you tell your story. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's about like, you need to know all these elements of stories. And these Mm -hmm. are like the story put the inciting incident. And here's what Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. say to, you know, get someone to like, wait for the next thing that you can say and looked at story science and all of that. 
But when I tried to transfer it to people, <laughs> I can teach them that I was like, oh, they're in such a rush to like perfect a story that they're not being, um, they're forgetting the art of it mm -hmm. and they're not mindful mm -hmm. and they're not hitting the right, the right pieces. Um, so I, I think that the things that make a great writer and I think it makes a great storyteller are the same thing that you learn when you learn meditation mm -hmm. and when you learn mindfulness, which is like, you're paying attention to what's going on in the world around you. And you're paying attention to like what you're doing, right? And yeah. then, and how the other people are. And then from that place, I think you, your stories have a better chance of sticking. Yeah. Because you could tell a great, like a perfectly crafted, like three-part story right, with right, right. all the, like, you know, you've got the details, you've got the elements, you've got suspense, you've got change, you've got the arc, like you've mastered it. But if you tell it to someone and they don't care, like, it could be technically right, but it's still not going to work. You would know this, like in documentaries, right? Like it could be a, a, beautifully crafted. You know, there's a saying, I don't know who to, to, to attribute it to, but it's like, you got to leave that space for the magic kind of, instead yeah. of trying to, to dictate it. Some people might, might say, you know, and you let God take over, you know what I mean? But they're like leaving yeah. that space for the magic uh, is, is, is really important with here on the show. We talk about breaking down the art and science of storytelling. You're so right that people want the science. What's the formula that they can yeah. then just cut, you know, cut and paste and drop in, you know, fill in the blanks, but you're so right that there's, there it's, there's way they're, they're forgetting the art of it and leaving that space for the magic. I think it's such a, such a good point. And we're all subject to it. I mean, I feel it myself, even though I know that, I know the yeah. concept that, that we're talking about. What, what is your uh, meditative practice? Uh, like my daily? Yeah, I'm just curious. This is <laughs> All like... right. So I'm like, like one of those annoying people. So um, yeah, I like to, I'm like a two hour meditator a day wow. kind of person. But you worked up to I that. Think that. Yeah, this month I have a, I'm grabbing my phone. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you how many like I meditated and this is the non-med this is the compet the competitor in me but it. like in the month of glad to know <clears throat> she's alive we're recording this in uh January yes and so far in minutes I don't know I've I've meditated 5,312 minutes this month which I don't know how many days that is it's a lot it's a <laughs> lot it's it's many hours maybe six days I don't know yeah. What, but what's your, what's your <laughs> process? I mean, is this, what type of meditation is it? Is it, does you do different ones? Yeah. So I do different. So the okay. one that I'm trained it's so I'm like a, I'm a, like a mindfulness coach, okay. um, which I got the training so that I felt like I could, I could actually teach it and coach it sure. to clients. Right. Yeah. Um, not it being my, my main thing. Mm -hmm. um, and in that one is basically is a guy called Shinzen Yang he kind of started it. He took all the world's like meditative practices together and put it into like a little 24 step unit. The biggest, like what he starts with and what I'm working through right now is a, is a technique called see, hear, feel. And it's basically, you could break, you could do a, a meditation just on see, hear, feel, which is that you <clears throat> are like in the room uh, eyes open or closed and if your attention is drawn to like something that you see mm -hmm. cool <laughs> right 
Maybe it's something you hear, maybe it's my voice, or maybe you feel like maybe you have an itch. So you wait for like your attention to go somewhere. And then when you have that experience, you label it like see, hear, or feel. And that's really the process. And then you can like, there's different ways of doing it. So you sure. can just with eyes closed. Um, maybe I can pay attention to what I'm hearing in my head, what I'm seeing inside my head. So I do aspects of that. Um, and I go intense, uh, go intense for them for like a week. So right now I'm working on, <clears throat> on, um, what is, what am I doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's not see rest. It, oh, just see. So just, just okay. see, um, I sit either eyes are open or closed. Mm -hmm. And when um, I am drawn to right now, I'm looking at like a picture that's behind my computer. I just look at it and I'm like, see, see, and I'm saying it in my head, like see, and then I might be drawn to my lamp and I'm going to go see, but then if I have an image, like a flashback, so like a scene from Dirty Dancing comes across my head, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, see, until it goes, right? And if I have like a thought or an itch or another sensation that's not see, I just come, I just remind myself, oh no, I'm on just see. And that's, that's really the technique. In the morning, I've, I go through a bunch of things. So in the morning, I do a little bit of like Kundalini yoga. So I do like neck rolls. I do um, Sufi, <clears throat> which is like, I don't know what they're called. You lean forward, <laughs> like you're sitting and you lean forward and you lean back. And as you lean forward, you inhale. As you lean okay. back, you exhale. Um, I do a couple squats. <laughs> like it's, you know, some chanting. Um, so I do all of that first. I do a breath like pranayama breath. So I breathe in through my left nostril, exhale through my right, inhale through my right nostril, exhale through my left, counting down from a hundred. Hmm. So, and then I do the C, the C all sure. one is what I'm doing. <laughs> No, I'm just curious. It's like an I, hour. <laughs> I'm still, that's wild. Uh, I don't know much about like different, the different techniques. Um, you know, I hear, what a, I hear a lot of people talk about transcendental med meditation. I don't know what, what your thoughts are about that. Yeah. So my husband uh, does transcendental okay. and I started there. Uh -huh. um, that's a great one for creatives. Okay. So like if you're, if you have a busy mind, if you're creative, Transcendental is great. Okay. Um, you can go look for like, they have a list online of a mantra that you can choose for your age. <laughs> and you can just say that over and over. You're, you can choose your own mantra, okay. but it's really 10 minutes, get comfortable. And then you're just repeating the same word, right? Like for me, I think uh, for my age, the mantra is caring. So I'd just be like, caring, caring, Hearing over and over in my head for 10 minutes. Okay. I'm going to get distracted, come back. That's great um, because it allows, like, if your mind wanders yeah. or you think of an idea, that's cool, right? Like, that's why David Lynch loves it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the stuff that can come up. And there's more advanced to it, but that's a great, it gives you a focus object. Mm -hmm. It's not breath work. Yeah, that's a fun. Uh, That's a fun one. I'm going to try some yeah. new things. Uh, I, ha I had been getting back to it v very recently. Um, so, but I, I get stuck because I just don't know much, much about it and like w the different techniques to, to try to practice and see which one works the best. So yeah. thank you for, thank you for that little. Uh, yeah. Little you might, 
um, you might like the hearing one, mm-hmm. like, especially if you're doing it, like if you're, ha- if your morning is like coffee, mm-hmm. right. Sit on your couch and like, just put on a timer for five minutes and just pay attention to the sounds in your house. Yeah. yeah That's meditation, right? That. When you get distracted by thought, just go, no, I'm just listening to the sounds in my house. Right? Mm. And you're like, oh, kid crying, car going by, like, that's all. That's, that's it. called just Thank here. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, um, so I know we're probably, we're almost out of time, but I, you know, we've been kind of swimming around each other for a while on, on, on Twitter, but I reached out recently because I saw that beautiful video that you posted uh, when you got to see your books and like, oh, it just struck me so hard. Uh, you know, like the emotion that came out of you seeing that, seeing it and holding it very proud of you. Like I said, I mean, that, that moment, cause I'm in the beginning stages of that. And I, I, I hope to see, you know, to have that moment myself. And so that was very, very touching. Um, but I want to learn a little bit about, about the book and, and just that journey for you, because clearly like even, even here, we're still kind of in the, we're not in the, we're in a new part of that that story right you've written the book but now it's released now it's available so we're kind of at the beginning of a new journey but um tell me about that i mean how like that tell me about that feeling yeah so writing well writing a book is a weird thing and i wrote it in response to um like people being like you should write a book yeah <laughs> so i was like okay and I never, like, even when you, when you like write a book, a publisher will be like, what do you want to have happen? And I'm just like, I just want people to like, like I'm expensive to work with. I just want like a, an, I can be like, here, it's in the book. Here's the answers. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I want to share. Um, so I started the, like sign the contract, started to write. Uh, and then I got super sick. Um, so I got sick um, where I, they found a giant mass inside oh, me. No. They were thought I was cancer. I had to, I couldn't walk. I cancel. I was supposed to like oh, speak, no. fly to Australia, like all of these things. That's good. I had canceled teaching at the university, thought maybe I was dying. And I was like, well, now I'm going to write this book because it might be like the last thing. Oh. Like it might just be the, like, I need something yeah. out, like, but more than a blog post. Yeah, right. I so I started writing the book. I was like my last, like, the world needs to know what I have to think and this is going to help them. Right. So I started writing it with that, had the surgery, wasn't cancer, life goes on pandemic. So, but now you got a book. (laughs) Now I have a book. Yeah. And I think I just kind of kept trekking along like with it. And because you never, like, I've never made anything tangible, right? Like I'm, I've worked in theater. Like even when I wrote plays, you would see them on stage, but you still couldn't touch it. Like everything that I do it's, it's just, it's a, it's a moment and it leaves. And I think, I think that's what I love about <laughs> stories and theater, like that it yeah be there yeah. Or, or don't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never made anything you could touch. So in my head, it was still like, you wrote a book, it's there. So when the book arrived and it's like a box of my books and I had, like, I just, I, like, it's so thick. It was so thick. Like, you just, like, it's a real book. It has my name on it. Like, it's oh. filled with my words. Like, it's um, so, it's really 
beautiful. It has a lot of heart. I'm not embarrassed about it. No. I think it's going to help people. So it was just, I think, but the thickness, like holding, like it's like you with the documentary film, like you'll never hold it. You'll see it. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. But I guess if a DVD of it or or uh, still not the same. Yeah, I, I know what you're. I, I totally know what you, what you're talking about. I, I I get that feeling. I understand. Yeah. Like, I don't understand from having done it yet, but it's it's coming soon. But I, the way you described it is perfect, especially when we do something that is that isn't tangible. It's a process. It's a show. It's a thing that that yeah. that, that, that goes on, and then you bottle it up into a product. Yeah, you know, it's something you can hold, which for us, for creatives, that's not as typical. You know, we don't create widgets. Yes, right. We don't. We don't create. Yeah. You know, knickknacks and things like that. And so, no, that was very, very powerful. Yeah. And uh, I, I hope that a lot of people get, you know, receive the value and benefit from it. Um, if today's quick crash course is any <laughs> any indication, I'm sure it will help them. Uh, and I'm going to try that. Um, that process of, of going down and writing the, the things because I do write down the, at the beginning of each year, like, okay, what did I enjoy? What do I not like doing? Let's do more of this and less of this. But the way you, the way you did it for, for seven days and, and writing the story out and then picking the pieces out of it is, is so much more specific. And that's obviously why it helps yeah. and, and a big part of why you're, you're good at what you do. Um, and it kind of gets you, like you had mentioned imposter syndrome old, old, um, yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. It nips it. Yeah. Because your your stories are, are not based on like an ideal. They're actually based on like, oh, this is a moment, the exact thing that I did that I'm proud yeah. of. It happened. It's real. It's real, right? Yeah. And there's there's a nice grounding in that, that when you go for the next thing, you're like, I know. And you know it in your bones. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not as an abstract idea in your bones, you know, it feels good. Right. High-fiving those guys at the, like the end, like that feels good. Right. Just, you need to work with people making stuff happen. Yeah. Don't ever take a job where you don't get <laughs> to do that. Oh, Carrie, thank you so much. <laughs> this is, this has been awesome. Uh, a couple of times I, I'm emotional anyway, but a couple of times today, uh, you really got to me. You're so, such a delight. Thank you for, for coming thank on you. and having the conversation. Yeah, my pleasure. (laughs) My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow. And that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 